Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 524 of the JV Club with my marvelous boy of summer, Zach Weaver. For those of you who are crossover listeners between Truth and Justice and this podcast, you already know Zach. He is my other co-host in addition to Bob Ruff when we do our follow-up episodes every week, and I adore him, and you will too if you don't yet know him. So uh, have a listen. I hope everyone is doing well, and I'll talk to you next week. I hope this is a fun use of a little sliver of your day off instead of feeling like it's another thing you have to do that isn't truth and justice. No, I'm, I'm actually really excited. This should be a fun time. Okay, good. But what if it's not? What if it's just the absolute worst? No, it will be. Trust me, because all I've been doing today is running kids around and laundry and, and that type of stuff. Because the weather's kind of gloomy here right now. It's a weird midwestern oh, summer it? day yeah it's one of those days where it's is gonna it rain. hot and gloomy oh yeah yeah it's it's yeah. super hot and it's gonna rain 50 times through the day but never like all at once <laughs> it's just a yeah oh yeah it's a mess of a day so this is gonna be all perfectly right. fine and fun okay good well i would just want to talk about muggy weather that's my podcast is muggy weather <laughs> varney muggy. um usa <laughs> uh-huh so it's gonna be great um yeah, I was, I, as you know, I was just in uh, New York and Jersey, and I spend, a, I feel like I spend a lot of time in the South too, but again, just never in my many years alive, I'm never that prepared for how sweaty I get that quickly. Oh, like, it's I, you so just gross. get so, so sweaty, even when it's not like, again, like, it wasn't that hot of a day when I was walking in New York City on Monday morning just because that's what I had time to briefly do when my flight had been canceled and it ju- I was like hmm, it's so pleasant outside and so I didn't think twice about walking just you know walking everywhere yeah um and it didn't matter it didn't matter that it wasn't that hot I was still like drenched in sweat and really like extremely uncomfortable so oh, I just, all the we time just don't here. have it that bad that's, over here that's how we live that's how we live right here on the lake in Michigan like it's just another type of hell I mean I'm literally a mile from from Lake Michigan, just across the lake from Chicago. So it's it's just humid all the time. And yet it is very picturesque. It what is? Would you say? It, oh, it's beautiful here. It's absolutely beautiful here. I'm, yeah. I'm very fortunate to grow up here, live here. I've traveled all around the country. And when I decided to start a family, it was moving back here. Literally, the town that I went to school in is the town that I live in now. When you say school, you mean like high school? Like all, all, all years of high school? Elementary, J, uh, middle school, high school, all the way through. The school I started in is, okay. is a block from here. Oh, wow. Does that, um, does that, like for me, when I, because I don't live where I grew up, the memories for me are very powerful when I do go home and, and am engaging in that environment. But if you have spent so much time there at this point, like, do you still and did your kid do you have your kids gone to your school? Yes, they absolutely have. My school. Aww. I mean, we moved into a neighborhood that is attached to the backside of like the school parking lot. There's a little subdivision. Yeah. My kids can walk to school. I mean, it's a it's perfect. But it is funny because you go in the school and and as you know about me, I'm not a small individual now. You know, I'm six <laughs> to 250 pounds. Like I'm a big guy. So yeah. I go in that school now and I'm like, I remember everything in here being a lot bigger 
for like, sure. You go in the cafeteria and you're like, this was a huge place. And now it's just a tiny room with a few tables. Yeah, that definitely happened for me. And there are some places that I can't go back to because people don't live there anymore or it was like a temporary place I could that I wouldn't be able to find again if I wanted to. But there are I have a couple of memories like that where my dad took me to like a house that my our our family friends had bought in Phoenix, Arizona when I was really little. He took and 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 I think they hadn't moved all of their stuff in yet. And it was my dad's like, "Yeah, it was it was a nice house, but I have a very specific memory of it being like a mansion and there being a ballroom no lie like (laughs) in my mind because there was like a you know a wooden polished floor that was empty and I think it was just empty because they hadn't moved stuff in there but I was convinced all the way up until like my 20s when I was like hey dad remember when the Christiansons bought that house and there was a ballroom in it and he was like what the fuck are you talking about well you know it's funny you think that way because I remember when this when I was younger this subdivision got built and I remember it like I remember these houses being ginormous and and don't get me wrong they're nice houses they're not anything spectacular But even to this day, like my kids will tell their friends where they live and they're like, you live where the rich people live. I'm like, well, that's not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) It just like our house is a little bigger than some, but it's not that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I, when I think about like subdivisions being built, I always think of my friend Allison, whose um, dad was in real estate and he would take us to the subdivisions that were being built and there would be like a model home. Yeah. You know, where they they put all the furniture in it and then they even would put fake food in it. Oh, I love so that stuff. I used to love to go that to that stuff. That is the... Right? Yes. I mean, that is like the best, like... People love going to like immersive theater or, you know, we love VR. And all of that to me kind of connects back to being a kid and being like, oh, my God, it's like someone lives here, but the food's not real, but it's on the table, but there's pasta. Look, you guys, it was such a big deal. Oh, I remember going to those two and like almost like evolving and like pretending that I lived there. Like, oh, absolutely. Of course you do. You have to. This is my room. Yes. 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 Oh, God, that's it. like, I think I spend a lot of time chasing that like that feeling. Oh, I... <laughs> Just the feeling of that excited adrenaline, but that's very much childlike yes. adrenaline. Like, oh my God, I found a place to build a fort. Or, oh my God, I'm in this model home. This is amazing. You know, that kind of innocent excitement. I feel like I'm still... Like, I want to tap into that as much as possible. Oh, see, and I have kids now. So, like, that's my life. Like, I love it. Like, I love when my kids get into something because I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. Let's go build a fort. Let's go do this. (laughs) I'm so glad. I mean, that's the best kind of parent, I think, that still can connect to that and remembers things through their own child eyes and yet can still be, you know, a parent and a, a resource and, a you know, yeah, the boss, you know. Well, I, I think a big thing for me, too, is, I mean, getting, I don't want to get deep right now, but like getting deep, like I've always tried to be the parent that I always wish I had. So that's a lot of yeah. that. That's a lot of being there, a lot of playing with the kids, a lot of being around because it's just not what I had growing up. Yeah. When you uh, talk about being in your hometown and, uh, and not having that, obviously, I sort of focus on mostly child, uh, or sorry, mostly teenage years. But what was the dynamic like for you as a teenager? Were you were you kind of self parenting then as well? 
I wouldn't say that I was self-parenting, but my mother, I, I love my mother to death. Actually, today as we're recording is her birthday. I've talked to her earlier today, but I love her to death. But nice. she just, she was a great mom and a terrible parent. Like hmm. I was just allowed to run amok and do whatever I wanted and, you know, come home when I wanted. And it just, looking back, it seemed really cool, but I needed some some guidance and and for somebody to be there and there were so many times where like she was involved in her own life and it just wasn't it didn't involve me always so right pretty tough right. you know and when we when you were in high school were, were you definitely sort of stretching all of those boundaries like were you taking advantage of that and being a little crazy and staying out late and like what, what were you up to sort of but i had a weird i had a weird roundabout so I was kind of like coming through middle school, kind of more of like the ugly duckling. Like I was that kid and I didn't really have the cool clothes. Like I was the kid that had the high waters on always because I was just behind and everything, you know, and I didn't get it. Like the kids would come up and be like, when's the flood coming? I'm like, oh, there's flood coming. Oh, no. Like what? <laughs> you know, so. So I was just kind of always that kid and never I didn't have a lot of like. I hate to say self-respect, but like my self-image wasn't great. And then Hmm. to sound a little vain, puberty hit me really hard in a very good way. Uh And I was actually a pretty attractive, like handsome teenage boy. And I met a girl from a a bigger school, probably two or three towns away. So I spent most of my high school, like if I wasn't playing sports, I spent most of my high school time with her. Now, that did mean I wasn't home, and that did mean I came home when I wanted, but I was, like, I was so involved in her that, like, I was contained. Like, I wasn't totally running amok yeah. doing horrible things. Yeah, that makes sense. How Were you guys together most of high school then? So we got together my sophomore year. She was a senior my sophomore year, and I dated her until after football season, so right around fall of my senior year, so towards the beginning. Okay, so she... Was older than you, and then she had did did, were, did people tease her about having like a, the younger man boyfriend after she graduated high school and her boyfriend was still in high school? I have no, I probably. I feel I don't like people really are know. very judgmental about that kind of thing. You know, and looking back, that's probably why we ended up breaking up. I mean, she was, you know, by the time we broke up, she was twenty, almost twenty one, and I was eighteen. Like she's like, I'm gonna, I want to be an adult. I want to, I need a job. You're still going to school, like. And in yeah. retrospect, it's the right decision, and I'm way better off now. But like. That's why we. I'm confident now. Looking back, that's 100 percent the reason why. <laughs> but that conversation didn't necessarily happen when you were breaking up. It was more just sort of like it's just not working. I'm so sorry. Uh, sort of. I mean that that's kind of the issue. There was there's more to it. We actually had a friend of ours um, that was murdered when we were in high school, hmm. and we. This sounds horrible, and I'm I'm not throwing her under the bus. I don't even know if she'll listen to this. I don't even know if she knows that I'm still alive. We we had a friend that was murdered when we were in high school, and when we started, um, we we went to the funeral. We started hanging around the family a lot after that. She ended up hanging with the older brother a lot. Now she has since married the older brother. They have kids together. Okay. you know. So I think there, you know, right. she met somebody her own age. <laughs> And, yeah. and kind of evolved under really traumatic circumstances. I'm I, I I knew this, but only kind of in passing. I and you don't have to get into the whole story, but that's that's 
I mean, we had people. I had. I've. I've. I've had death of peers in my high school years, mm-hmm. but um, but never anyone killed like on purpose. Yeah, what, pretty. What was that like for you and for everyone? Uh pretty pretty weird and and even the phone call like the phone call is still surreal i remember every minute of it my my the my present or the girlfriend at the time was the one that called me to tell me and she worded it so obscurely on accident that i didn't even know what was going on she said she said mikey's been shot in the eye and in my head i'm like well hmm. did, like with a bb gun like what do you what do you like what is sure like because she was frazzled you know what i mean but i mean he was shot yeah and, shot in the face and killed i mean it, it was it was atrocious to think about that this could happen especially like we're kids like you know i mean we're in high school we think we're adults but we're kids i mean it was it was devastating was it someone that he knew it was um i don't know if Ugh. there was i don't know to this day i still don't know the full story of why of why everything happened the way it did but it was hmm. it was pretty gross it was actually a kid he went to school with it was actually a kid he at one point was friends with. Mm. So I don't know. Oh my god, that's so heavy. Yeah. That's also really heavy. I mean, all of that is so heavy that that it happened to someone who was a peer, that it was caused by someone who was a peer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's you know very unfortunately it's too normal for some communities and for some young people. So I don't want to make it sound like I've never heard of this happening before. Um, but if it is. If it was a community that you were living in that it, where maybe that was a little more uncommon, um, yeah. and how see, did like yeah. this was actually friends of ours from another school. This was this was about 10 minutes from us. But at this point, when we, we kind of live in rural southwest Michigan, everybody knows everybody. I mean, every, every all the schools know each other. My, my current wife actually went to the school just south of here. I didn't know her, but I knew her her boy, current boyfriend or her boyfriend in high school. I knew that kid. You know what I mean? So it's a everybody yeah. kind of knows everybody around here. So it wasn't necessarily that it happened in the community that I was in, but but yeah. inside my friend group. Do you have um, brothers and sisters? I do. I actually have. I, I sound like I'm from a big family, but I'm. I, it's it's not as crazy as it seems. I have four siblings. So there's I have there's five of us all together. But I'm the only one from my parents. So my parents got together. The high school love story had me immediately got divorced. I have no zero memory of my parents ever being together. I you I honestly like even seeing pictures of them doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I kind of feel that way about my parents too. Like I just yeah yeah. So then both of them actually met their spouses pretty quick. I, my stepmother and stepfather have been in my life since I was about four years old. I, I have memories of them always growing up. And then both of my parents each went on to have two more kids. My mother had a girl and a boy, and my my dad had two girls. So I have three sisters and a brother. That's cool. Yeah. How much time were you spending with those different siblings um, as you were growing up? And how much older are you? You're not that if, – if like, how much older are you than your half-siblings? So I am – And I should say siblings. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, press that. Yeah, yeah. They're your, they're your brothers and sisters. Do you, do you have any siblings? I don't. Okay. So that was always a – big button for me the half thing and not that i i love you to death we've become friends no like, that's I know why not, i said but... that's why immediately after i said it i was like why am i like why am i now why am i labeling yeah. it that like so, you didn't label it that that's not my choice or responsibility i've always hated it because i have my my mother is remarried to an african-american man so my siblings are biracial my brother and sister are both biracial and my two sisters on my dad's side are both white look just like me and and it always 
was a button to me because no one would ever call my other sisters half sisters. They would call my brother and sister. Yeah. They were biracial half my half siblings. And I, I hated it. I hated it with a passion because it was just fucking ridiculous to me. Can I can I cuss? Sorry. I yeah. don't know. Okay, yes, absolutely. Know. Thousand okay. percent. <laughs> okay. So that's it, it that's always been a hot topic for me is I've always hated that. I grow you know, growing up in a biracial household, like that was a big thing for me is like that's my brother that's my sister actually i'm very very yeah. close to both of them to this day closer than i am to my other sisters and i think that's that's a really interesting way in it's a really interesting perspective and a hard perspective to have in such a specific way like to your point the idea that people wouldn't like pin that down mm-hmm. when it's just two white kids and then and and the thing that's complicated with kids is that like with kids sometimes they're just trying to understand the world and they yeah. don't know that, that you know what I mean? So in their minds, they're like, well, I'm four and, you know, or I'm five or six or whatever, and you don't look like your siblings. Why is that? And, yeah. and like, the facts are the facts and you want to be able to explain that and make it make sense. But then there's a whole other, like, sociological kind of thing that just perpetuates, which is like, well, let me put this into a box because, you know, yeah, but they so look different, and 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 we're gonna lean into that. That's a tough one too, because you know, my kids grew up and and they've never questioned it. They've never questioned it yeah. once. People ask all the, you know that people they just have a brown grandpa. They have brown aunts yeah. and uncles, and they have a yeah. brown grandpa. And there's no like you ask them, they never. That's their grandpa. There's no rhyme yeah. or reason. No, you know, I mean, like they don't look at it. Makes like you that. wonder who's what the what the kids that are asking the questions are maybe hearing from at home. Oh, a hundred percent. Then. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Racism yeah. isn't born. I, I'm not here to talk about racism, but racism isn't born. Like it's it's put into people. Like we're all yeah. We're all born with good hearts and want to love each other. I, also, I realized I never answered your question that I am 8 years older than my brother. I am Thank you for remembering that. I'd already forgotten. <laughs> I am I want to say 12 years older than two of my sisters. I have two sisters of the same age, one on either side. And then I am 18 years younger than, or 18 years older than my youngest sister. I, she was actually born at the end of my senior year. Oh, okay. I like to call her my accident sister. Your accident sister, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's an accident sister in my mom's family. Um, but that is that is a a, a a wide range. Like for considering that your parents met their spouses after your parents split, and yeah. and that was pretty quick. Sounds like maybe they took a minute to have more kids, having kind of experienced the young, being young and having a kiddo. Yeah, my parents were really young. Like, so I think that was a big factor. Is I think they rushed into a relationship, got married, had me, and were like, "Shit, we're still kids. Like, we need to grow up as well." Like, maybe they didn't always grow up in the right way, but they they lived their lives. They went and lived, you know, went out and partied and did what they had to do. And I think that's probably also a part of the holdup is they didn't start getting serious about having a family till later okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun hey sydney you're a physician and the co-host of sawbones a marital tour of misguided medicine right that's true justin is it true that our medical history podcast is just as good as a visit to your primary care physician No, Justin, that is absolutely not true. Uh, However, our podcast is funny and interesting and a great way to learn about the medical misdeeds of the past, as well as some current not so legit healthcare fads. So you're saying that by listening to our podcast, people will feel better. Sure. And isn't that the same reason that you go to the doctor? Well, uh, you could say that. And our podcast is free. Yes, it is free. 
You heard it here first, folks. Sawbones, Meryl Tour of Misguided Medicine, right here on Maximum Fun, just as good as going to the doctor. No, no, no. Still not just as good as going to the doctor, but but pretty good. It's up there. What was your high school like, the one that you went to? Uh, <laughs> so it's a very rural community. I mean, we're a beach town, so that's that was always nice. But it it's a very, like, hands-on um, I tattoo for a living and that's not what they thought was cool. You know, I mean, art was not pushed in our community. Our community is, is a trade. Uh, it's a public school. It's not a trade school, but it's a public school, but they push the trades. Uh, very few kids that I went to school mm. with went to college. Like that was, that just wasn't, you know, they, they would push certain kids to college, but a lot of the kids were pushing the trades. A lot of tool and die around here. A lot of carpenters, a lot of that, you know, mechanics, that type of stuff. That's what we were pushed into. And so you know, when I wanted to tattoo, that was not okay in our school system. <laughs> <laughs> did you, were, how did you come to know that specifically? I mean, obviously art expresses in lots of different ways. Um, were you always like a doodler as a, as a kid? Were you drawing and doodling? And how did that, were, did you, I know that you've designed, you know, merchandise mm-hmm. and all kinds of other ways of expressing your gift. Um did you when you say like tattooing wasn't necessarily something that was smiled upon in high school that makes it sound like at that point you already kind of thought like this is one of the things oh, i want to do with the thing i my 100 percent. so uh backing up i mean it's it gets to high school backing up being that my mom you know we were my parents were separated my mom took me everywhere with her she took me when she got her first tattoo i was probably six you know so i was the only child she took me everywhere also, mind you, this is a different world. Like, I'm almost 40 now. So, it's, you know, when I was six, we're talking late 80s, early 90s. That's not the same world that we live in today. The, that you didn't take right. children to tattoo shops. But uh-huh. I was. Don't you think absolutely... some still do, though? Oh, I mean, there's got to be. Now they do, for sure. But at that yeah. point, I mean, that was not. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying you do you don't do that now. No, but no, you she definitely was also, do now. She was also breaking all the rules. Okay, no, you, got it. Got it. Got it. We got have it. we have children in the shop all the time. No, at that period yeah. of time, that was it was such a taboo industry. Sure. That you know, it was sketchy. It was all late at night. It was just a weird it was a God, weird you're lifestyle. Right. I don't even think about that anymore. I don't think about because so many people have oh, tats. It's, it's like it so does, mainstream yeah. But now. you're right, actually. You're right. Like, it was a huge deal that my cousin had a tattoo, which I think was a Tweety Bird. <laughs> it was like a very benign <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> or it might have been like a sun devil from Phoenix. Um, so I, I mean, but uh, yeah. I just remember like being there. I remember vividly remember playing pool with a guy. They had a pool table in this shop. There was a guy that just had his entire head tattooed. And I remember playing pool with the guy, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. And I always, from that point forward, I was like, I want to live in this world somehow. This is the coolest world I've ever seen. It's weird, and I love it. And then my grandmother actually, actually teaches painting classes. She's taught painting classes for like 50 years. So oh, I've nice. always been around art. You know, I mean, I was just, I was always pushed to do art. So like the tattoo thing, I would just draw whatever I wanted to draw. And I always drew through middle school. Actually, I, I still talk to kids. Every once in a while, I'll run into somebody that's like, yeah, I remember you in math class. And I would tell you to stop drawing because you're going to fail this class. And now look at you. And I'm like, well, I probably did fail that class. But I also have a career in art now. So that's uh-huh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Both things can be true. Yeah. Both things can be true. 
Well, okay, but that's good that you so so the art stuff was being encouraged in your home. Yes, it just didn't necessarily translate to being at school and and being like maybe I could make a, a career out of this. Did your family think yes, you can make a career out of this? One person, one person that your was grandma. my grandmother. Yes, yeah. she is the it only was one. The artist grandma. Uh, she was the only one that had my back through all of that. Through what mm. it, when I actually even got into tattooing, which was later in life. Um, she was the only one that had my back. She was the only one that said, go for it. She was, you know, my dad literally told me not to quit my day job. My, you know, my, my grandfather who I respect, who is still alive and I respect immensely. Like he was very adamant that that's, was not the right career path, you know? So my grandmother was the only one that ever really like had my back. Which grant, which side of the family was that? It's my dad's mom. So it's gotcha. my yeah, it's my dad's mom. She's, your dad's mom and your dad's dad is the one who's with no, on my Bob mom's, and Weave, for example. Or uh, my mom's dad is the one that was on Bob and Weave. That that's the oh, one we okay, call Pie. Okay. That's the yeah, that's Got the it. he's very intelligent man. But yeah, he was not enthused with my choice. But anyway, so going to school, I drew all the time, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I, I would draw people tattoos. You know, as I got a little older, as I got to like that senior year when kids start turning eighteen, I was drawing kids tattoos for them. And it's not exactly what the guidance counselors told you is like an appropriate career path, which I have a side story about that. I actually got a phone call from one of the teachers at the high school that I went to that still teaches there because they have a girl that wants to learn how to tattoo and they were sending her to my shop so she could job shadow for a day. So it's amazing. That's awesome. It's amazing how the world has changed. But no kidding. But yeah, so I mean, it was just like, it was kind of pushed out of me. And I ended up working at a place called Heathkit Educational Systems. They wrote courseware for technical colleges. I actually started working there as a summer job when I was like 15, just kind of fell into Mm. it. And then I evolved into doing a lot of their design work because they realized I can do it. Like, and so that was cool. But when I started getting tattooed, it really brought that desire back to like, oh no, this is my life. This is where I want to be. When did you get your first tattoo? I was 18. It was, it was, so... All through all through school, a huge athlete. I, I sports with my life. Um, you know, you and I have talked several times off camera or off this with, about my kids playing sports. I love sports. That's my that's always been my life. So after my senior football season, um, because I didn't have anything going on, I went and got tattooed. So right right like mid mid senior year, I got a tattoo on my leg. What is it? Uh, it's the '90s tribal that like everybody seems to have. Like you know like. The, 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 I have $150 and it's the, it's the late nineties tattoo that mm-hmm. like, I, I, I guarantee every listener that's like our age can probably see the tattoo. <laughs> like it's that awesome, like Goldberg tribal, like, oh yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> um, and then when were you, for those of you who I'm, I've obviously said it in the intro to the to this podcast episode, but Zach and I are on uh, Truth and Justice with our friend uh, and colleague Bob Ruff, who is not here, and that's why you're hearing so much of Zach's voice. Oh, I love it. Um, because otherwise, you can't get a word in edgewise. Uh, um, and Bob, I'm sure you're listening to this. Go do something else. You know both of us. You don't have to listen to this. He's not listening. And if we shit talk you, then uh, we don't want you to hear. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, but so one of the things that came up that has come up in seasons past and certainly was an element of the um, the case that we just worked on for our, our last season of the podcast was that you also shot competitively. Yeah. And so you grew up around guns. Like, how does that factor in? What do you what's your relationship with shooting and stuff like that um, when you're, a, you know, middle school or teenager and so forth? I, I've. You know, so I, I grew up in two very different worlds. Like I grew up um, in with my parents being separated. My mom and my stepdad are, are you know, as a biracial family. I grew up listening to R&B and soul. Um, I found rap on my own, which is still like my biggest genre of music. But then my dad was totally on the opposite. My dad lived out in the country. My dad lived in the sticks. We went fishing. We went hunting. Like, So I always grew up really learning to appreciate firearms and and all, really any of the outdoorsy stuff. It wasn't just firearms, but but I always learned to respect firearms and, and had a good relationship with them. Like I never saw them as something, you know, I, I knew they could be harmful, but I never saw them as that. I never saw them as this weapon to create fear. It was more, you know, it was, it was more to feed yourself or to to shoot targets. Yeah. And, and but you were very good at it. Uh, I slowly became good at it. I, I wasn't nothing you'd start with you're good at it doesn't matter what it is like when i started tattooing i was not regardless of what i think i did at the beginning i was not good you know i'm 20 years (laughs) into tattooing now i feel a whole lot better about what i do but at the beginning you are not very good so the same thing happened with shooting i i got into shooting uh we we shot in the backyard a bunch and a friend of mine sent me a youtube video of of this uh this shooting thing where it's called three gun and we're like, man, let's go try this. And we went out and I just dumb lucked into actually winning the division I shot, which made me immediately like, I am the greatest of all time. <laughs> you learn pretty quickly you're not. But, you know, I getting into that, a lot of practice, a lot of time, just for anything. Anything I've done, I, I seem to I have a weird um, almost obsession. Like, I would hate to say that I'm obsessive, but if you ask my wife, she'd probably say I'm obsessive about things where I just, I dive in. You get hyper-focused and yeah. Yes. Go as deep in as you can. Which has also caused some issues in my life. You know I mean? Because I, I do tend to push things off that I shouldn't push off because I get hyper-focused into whatever it is I'm into at the moment, you know? So it yeah. comes and goes. <laughs> That's definitely, I think, how very much Brandon also like yeah you know mm-hmm. I th- like there's 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 definitely moments in certain days where like I come in if, if I've been you know working on something else and I come in and he's been sitting in the same place working on the same thing the entire day and it's what he's working on is amazing but I also spend my life with him so I'm all so there's that it's the mixed bag of like oh my god babe like this is amazing. Like you've been editing this piece or, yeah. you know, you've been like, like sound editing or, or making, just making something or he's a, he's a brilliant writer. Um, and so you want to like be proud and are of that and be positive about that. But then there's also that leftover, like, I mean, there were three, um, three things that you were going to do today that you definitely haven't done. That is, so let I am me just process that information. That. I am absolutely notorious for that. My wife will tell you that too, but that's, that's always how I've been. And she's always been a big supporter. Like, especially when I would shoot, I trained hard. I would go shoot national matches and I could, I could do well. I could finish in the top 10 at a national match, you know, I do well. And and she would be excited for me, but then she would also know that I spent, you know, three nights at the range, you know, for five hours a night and shot, you know, 
five thousand rounds that week. You know, like she's like, you could have yeah. been doing a lot of things that we need. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you know, we we oh, we bought our first house, yeah. and I put up a fence the first week we moved in, and didn't have the right fixture to bolt the gate on. And I uh-huh. put the gate on twelve years later when we sold the house. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm pretty notorious for but that stuff. But if you really needed the gate, if we if the gate was perfect, it you sat there. You would have put it on sooner. It kept the dogs <laughs> in the yard. That's all we needed. Like great. It didn't swing. You just opened. You just moved it. But like, if you need it to swing, I would have got there eventually. Yeah. Were you like that in school with stuff? Like, if you were, were you the kind of kid who was good at what you were interested in oh, and 100%. not so great at? Yeah, a hundred percent. Always, always did me. well in in art and gym class, that type of stuff. Um, I did really well in social studies because history is always like, I, I love history. But then mm. there's the other side of that where I took, you know, I, I've taken two years of algebra and didn't pass it either time. And I'm not talking about uh-huh. like one and two. I mean, like the first year of algebra. Uh-huh. So like, that's just, that's who I was. Yeah. Like if I was interested, I was all in. And if I wasn't, good luck. Right, right. And that's something that, I mean, I think, you know, it's important to be well-rounded, but that's a, that's a conversation that comes around again and again when we talk about educating young people is like finding out, I mean, neurodivergence is, uh, is a big word and can cover a lot of territory, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, but it is that question of, yes, being well-rounded is important, but at what point are you, like, how do we lean in to the way kids have different brains work and how do they learn and how, and I'm sure there are people listening who, you know, I know, I know there are, there are people listening who have kind of specialized in this, but just oh, that idea sure. of like, how, how do we reward Zach for having this focus and, and having, you know, and, and being excited about this and are we endangering him and his future by putting too much emphasis on this other thing that we've all decided is important for school. But, you know, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? No, it makes perfect sense. But you do see, you see it a lot more nowadays. But they, you know, they're starting to have like specialty high schools where, where high schools specialize yeah. in certain things. They even they even have sports academy high schools. There's a huge one in Florida called IMG Academy that literally yeah. it does the enough for those kids to get a high school diploma. But those kids are playing at a high level of sports so they can go pro eventually. You know, I mean, that's right, like the right. the end goal. And I mean, you're starting to see that, I think, in a lot of other industries as well. There's schools that, that definitely push the trades more that kind of really, you know, I mean, you could start in an MVAC program in high school now. You know, so that by the time you're yeah. you're out of high school, you could go right into working MVAC. I think that's pretty amazing. Um, I, I do want to go back to this because it, and it is very much on the same subject that we've been talking about. But um. I kind of never thought through, and I'm sure you've had this conversation so many times, so I apologize, that I'm just finally putting these pieces together in my brain. But the idea of needing to get good at something like tattooing, starting out maybe not at the top of your game, has a different level of consequence. Yes. Especially back when you started, because tattoo removal has only advanced, you know the last like dozen years or something to really be like, yes, don't worry, you're fine. You can deal with the tattoo if you have it. So what is that like when you're, when you want to, you need, you want and need to learn, but it is on, it's ink in someone's skin and that's permanent. Oh, it is. It's one of the most nerve wracking things you'll ever go through because there, there's, yeah. there's no fixing it. There's no going back. Once you put it, it's there. So, I mean, at the beginning you, you, 
you kind of tattoo friends with the promise of knowing that like, okay, this is probably not going to be great, but I'm going to get good <laughs> and I will fix this. You know, I, I can't tell you how many friends <laughs> yeah. I have that, that I've tattooed multiple times because I had to fix something that I did at the beginning. <laughs> and then moving into like actual tattooing, you, you kind of, this sounds awful, but I mean, it's the truth is where I worked was a walk-in shop and you could kind of stereotype people through the door. So like, as I was learning, hmm. my, my mentor would, would kind of stereotype people and say, look, I could do this tattoo for a hundred dollars or Zach can do this tattoo for 20, you know? And, and yeah. more often than not, those people are like, hell yeah, I don't care if it's a bad tattoo. I'm getting a $20 uh -huh. tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, you just, you try to gain experience and just push as hard as you can, you know, and then I worked a lot. Yeah. I, you know, there was a lot of days that we'd work from 11 a.m. To, to 2, 3 in the morning. You just just pushing yeah. as hard as you could go. And and I always drew and you, you just try to get better. Like I, I'm that's yeah. always me. I'm always like a fighter. Like I never want to be. And I think that goes back to like not having great self-image like in mm. in my adolescence, like. I, I was never sure of myself. I'm still not to this day. Like I've, I've, I've achieved some pretty high level things, but also I still don't, like it's imposter syndrome most of the time. Like I don't feel like I belong where I'm at and a lot of things like, so there's so much of that, that like I've always just tried to put my head down and just continue to work as hard as possible because I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel like I was good enough at anything I did. I don't feel like I'm good enough mm. to be on podcasts. Like I got lucky somehow that my friend started a podcast that blew up, you know, but it's the same thing. Like I, I have imposter syndrome tattooing. I, when I started shooting, I'd have imposter syndrome with that. Uh, I had a clothing company for a while that did well. And when it took off, I was like, well, this I've tricked people somehow because this isn't that good. Like, yeah, that's just always been my life. Do you see that in your kids? Like, do you does do you are they do they have those same moments of insecurity? Like, are you um, able to have a conversation about it from the dad side now, even um, though it's something you still feel at times? I've probably had more conversations with my older son about that. He is going into seventh grade. So he's, he's hitting this peak right now. He's hitting this weird adolescence. You know, he's, he's, he's going to be turning 13. He's going through this. So I've probably had more talk with him about this. Now, my younger kid is an, uh, just an absolute athletic stud. So I don't think he even gets that he's not doing well. Like he gets it. The thing that's good about him though, is not only does he, He's athletic and gets it, but he also does put in a lot of hard work. So he kind of sees the whole picture. But I definitely, yeah. I, there's a lot of times where I relate with my older boy a lot when it comes to this yeah. stuff about the the self image and the the reassurance. Because he's he's just kind of a he's just kind of a I hate to say a nerdy kid, but he's just kind of a nerdy kid. He likes art and he's not very athletic. Will you tell people what his name is? His name is Maddox. So yeah, yeah. so his name is you, Maddox. your kids have the best names. And then my youngest name is Sagan. Like named after Carl Sagan, so Maddox which is, is sort of funny that there's a sort of a like it, they should that, that that's one of my favorite things about it is that you feel like the name should be flipped. A hundred percent, it's such a strange, yeah, such a strange thing that I named <laughs> them the way they did and then they turned out the way they turned I out. I love it, but yeah, he, he's so you know he's I don't want to say he's a loner. He's got friends, but he's a very quiet. You know, he's a very kept to himself, small group of friends. He's really into art. He's he's constantly drawing. He loves like anime right now. That's his big thing. Um, 
you know, and now anime is getting a little more, I mean, I'm talking to you about it, but like anime is becoming more prevalent, but you know, for a long time, if like, if you were into anime at that age, you were like, oh, you fucking nerd. Like, you know, look at this yes, kid. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, there's so much stuff like that. There's so much stuff. Like everyone always jokes like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Like anime is cool now. D&D is cool now. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. how are these things? Exactly. Why weren't they cool when we were getting beat up for doing it? You know? Exactly. So, and I, I, I joke about comparing my kids, but like I, you know, my oldest is in chess club and plays the trombone and my youngest has a self-inflicted mohawk and fights people, you know? So, I mean, that's <laughs> like, <No>. that's, <laughs> that's my life yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. What were you, when you were in high school, were you, were there like styles of art that you were kind of emulating you know what I mean because for me anyway things that I admired as a younger person and even just doing stand-up and I mean I don't do stand-up but I'm saying like Mm -hmm. people who do stand-up talk about this as well like when you start doing something part of the process for many people when they're getting to know or getting to get good at a skill um, especially if it's artistic is to sort of emulate someone or have a couple of people that you know, like that, your stand-ups will be like, "Oh yeah, for the first year, I oh. didn't realize this, but I was just trying to be Stephen Wright, or I was exactly. just trying to be Bill Burr, or, or I David Tell." You know I mean, yeah, most people say yeah. David. Did Tell that now. happen? <laughs> yeah, most people say David Tell. What um, did you have that with your art, or were you kind of coming at it from your the, this special place in your brain where it wasn't necessarily that you were like, "Hey, I like this person's style. Like, what would that look like if I tried to draw it, or so, cartoon characters, or whatever?" So at the time that I was really getting into it, that was when New School was really popular. New School is that that like really cartoony bright kind of overly exaggerated art so that was kind of where i always led um there's actually a few artists that i I always looked up to his name is one is craig driscoll he's out of san diego i've actually been tattooed by him since there's a guy locally not locally but semi-locally named jimmy litwalk um they always kind of drew these like really over-the-top cartoony things and i that's kind of where i led because that's what was like popular at the time now i did do some of the old school like what would be considered tattoo drawings at the time when people when you when you say a tattoo drawing you think of that like old anchor that old dagger that old rose so there was a lot of that but in my personal life i always i i always loved like salvador dali like surrealism Mm -hmm. like that was you know that was something that i always thought was really interesting but i never i never knew how to put it together you know, I, I think I feel like yeah. I've since put it together a lot better, like in my my professional world now. But at the time, I didn't really know how to put it together. I just always thought it was neat. You know who I wish um, I should probably just talk about this with you offline. But um, my friend Jeremy Fish is an artist in San Francisco. Okay. And I bet you guys would like each other's style a lot. Because I'm just thinking, I just, that's just occurred okay. to me because I just thought about how much I was loving your shirt yesterday. Let me. And you should look at it because he does this, he does a thing where it's, and it's very surreal. So I'm, but I'm I, like, I are you looking wanna, him up? Yes. I have 100% tattooed his drawings. You have? I, I, oh, that's so cool. I do not, I don't know him personally. I know who he is. Yeah. I 100% have done multiple of his drawings on people now that I just looked at That up really I quick. just, oh my God. Well, because, it, yeah, I just feel like your styles. Um, oh, I love his style. Really yeah. No, I would love yeah. to meet him. That would be awesome. Well, we got to get you to San Francisco or him out of San Francisco yeah. at some point. I will come there. Um, I want to come there so bad. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll have you guys co-design a tattoo Let's that you tattoo on me. Let's do it. Um, that would be really exciting. Because, um, I mean, that was, the, that was like when I had crushes on people, for like talent crushes, mm-hmm. you know, that which would bleed right over into, you know, romance crushes in high school just because there's just a lot of... Um, I don't know, pheromones and stuff yeah. happening and hormones. It was it, so frequently fine artists like, yeah. because, you know, I don't, I was like, I, I know how to act and sing. Like that, that's not a mystery to me, but I mean, I had this huge crush on this kid, Adam, who was a skater who <laughs> would just like draw misfits, yes. you know, logos oh, and just yes. like skulls with snakes crawling out of them. But like, in that very skater way, so there's like a little irony to oh, it. I, and man, that ninety skate I was art so was smitten. That 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 yeah. late eighties, early nineties skate art skate art is is phenomenal too. I mean, that was a honestly that's a big influence on like every tattoo around my age, I think. I didn't even think about that till you said that, but like just seeing the like the, the deck art, yeah, totally. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him. I hope that he is, is still doing art in some form. I kind of feel like he must be. I kind of feel like he was one of those students who was really smart and was this amazing artist. And like my classes that I had with him, the teachers always kind of looked at him like, oh, Adam, like I know how smart and talented you are, but you just don't give a shit about calculus, whatever. Like I was in calculus. You just don't give a shit about social studies or you just don't give a shit about English or whatever. You know, you said something I never, I have never thought about this. You you talked about like that, like talent crush and like how you were Mm -hmm. like, like I've never realized that until you just said that. But like, as you say that, I think about like the, the, people i had crushes on in school and and they were all athletes i never you know it was never mm-hmm. like the stereotypical like i wasn't attracted to like the head cheerleader i was attracted to like the volleyball player or the basketball player like yeah. i was always attracted to like an athlete like i was never and i never, I don't think i've ever put that together until you said like attracted to a talent rather I, I don't think i've ever put that together until you said that that's Maybe. such a strange thing that's my specialty <laughs> that's such a strange thing i've never thought about that wow that's really funny. So at the time, you just kind of, it was, you're thinking of it as just being a person that you had a crush on. There was a sort of the whole package, but there's this through line running, running in through th- that line, that through line is that it's people who had these, you know, were really just like solid athletes. That's so cool. Yeah. I never put that together. But now that I'm like thinking about like the people that I had crushes on, like, oh yeah, no, they were athletes, like, t- I love like it. solid athletes. Like, <laughs> I love it. That's so great. I'm so oh. glad I was, I don't know how that, um, information is going to change your life but i have to assume it's going to i mean at this point it probably won't (laughs) (laughs) how dare you it maybe it will change my life now that you said it so great i'm i've i really hope so or i'm gonna look really stupid (laughs) oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun tell us what to tape about please tell us what to tape about please because <laughs> i'm alex and she's katie and we make secretly incredibly fascinating a podcast about the history and science behind seemingly ordinary things we've done entire episodes about ham or shoe sizes or concrete or the color beige we need more ordinary stuff like that our max fun members suggest and pick our episode topics through discord so what do you wonder about What do you wish you could start to find interesting? Make us tape your idea. And then hear the results on Secretly Incredibly Fascinating from MaximumFun.org. Okay, so I want to get into this MASH game with you. Um, And I'm going to start 
with well you know you brought up salvador dali and so that leads me to want to and we talked about this idea of like a collaboration with jeremy so Mm -hmm. let's do like a perfect world like any artist living or dead you somehow are able to like have this opportunity to kind of co-create something together um honestly one guy that i it comes to mind right off the top of my head is actually a friend of mine but he lives in austin texas and i've never been able to work with him his name is nick baxter i would love to create with nick baxter i think that would be phenomenal um okay a second one i'd probably have to cop out and say salvador dolly i mean that's not a cop out it kind of is i mean he's such a I feel like that's just a name that people know, but that that is a that is a big inspiration to me is Salvador Dali. I was gonna say this is not about this is Mash is not obscure list USA. This is like you know stuff that matters to you, and that that doesn't mean that you you know can't have something that people know who it is. <laughs> um, one last person that I'd like to collaborate with. Uh, we'll throw one out there. Um, there's another tattooer that's also a phenomenal painter. Um, his name is Guy Aitchinson. He's from Southern Illinois. That would be a big one that I'd like to work with. Guy Aitchinson. I'm gonna have to look all these folks up. Um, I mean, not, I guess not Salvador Dali. We've uh, established. Yeah, you, you know who Dali is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, next category. I'm excited to hear what these answers are going to be. Three foods that you can have as much of you want. Um, it's not bad for you. Like. In this world, everything is not bad for you, and you can have as much as you want with a snap of your fingers with zero ramifications. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, easy easy first one is my wife makes these ridiculous chocolate chip cookies that are phenomenal. And and anybody that has them will tell you. Bob will go on. Bob, like our friend Bob, loves them. We'll like fight people for them. So like no ramifications because I could get 400 pounds eating these easily. Right. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. That's that's what this is for. Yeah. Or what's if if you could? Um, I'm sure you've been asked this before because they're such a hit. But is there a quality and aspect to them? Like you know what I mean? Like oh, they're just there's a little bit a little bit of salt in there, or they're just like the consistency. I mean, I know it's an overall they amazing. Are but... always soft. They're always soft yeah. and like chew. Oh, they're just so like perfect. Great. Like they're never. They're yeah, I'm never... not a fan of crumbly. No, I'm not either. Wonderful. All right, so uh, chocolate chip cookies. I need two more. I'll tell you a food that I have been yearning for ever since I first had it was I had carbonara in Rome when we were there. Yeah. At this oh, crazy sure. little diner named Dino and Tony's. Like it was just like some weird little diner that no one's ever heard of. That was two brothers. That was Dino and Tony, and one served and the other one cooked, and they argued the whole time. <laughs> Amazing. And I had. Pasta carbonara there, and it was it's probably the greatest dish I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, I yeah. love this. Well, I hope you end up with, um, well, listen, so All far right. you've got two no-lose situations. So what's number three? Uh, I'm going to get a lot of grief from this because of where I So for those that don't know, I, I live about an hour from Chicago. I can get to downtown Chicago in about an hour and 15 minutes. But I really like New York-style pizza. <laughs> Like, there you go. Like, I get so much grief for people who are like, oh, you must love deep dish Chicago pizza. I'm like, I don't. I don't. I know that yeah. we're here. I don't. Like, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. You like a folded in half oh, kind fold- of a pizza? Yeah. Thick, you're, the yeah. thin, big pieces, folded in half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like the thin, big pieces too. And I don't even necessarily like the folding in half. I think I just like the thinness and that it lasts longer yes. because you can. 
yes. nibble away at it. Um, okay, next category, let's do three movies that you can jump into and just be in. You're not reliving the plot. It's just being in that world with those characters whenever you feel like it. Um, let's... Really, I, I, growing up, I always loved White Men Can't Jump. So I would say that world. Like that that beach basketball just realm where that's all they did was, I mean, you know, that's all they showed you in the movie. But that's all they did. They just played basketball and like bet on basketball on these weird beach courts. Like that's the life I yeah. want right there. Yeah. Okay, great. Give me two more. Uh, Princess Bride. Like you got you to gotta yeah. love Princess Bride. And uh, The Labyrinth. No, but but like the labyrinth in the labyrinth world, not not the Jennifer Connelly not just human like, world. I was yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah not some house where you're babysitting, yes. but the actual labyrinth. Yeah, got it. And agreed. Um, okay, uh, next category. Let's do three places in the world that we're going to give you a second home, and we can sort of teleport you there, so you don't have to worry about the travel. And even if you haven't been there, it's just kind of you know what you imagine that place to be. Florence, Italy. Right. That that's a that's an easy first for me. I actually have a Florentine Lily tattooed on me because I love Florence so much. Oh, cool! Yeah. I loved Florence too. Oh, I was I got to work there for um, a few days, and I definitely was just kind of in love. So it's great. I'd love to go back. Another spot that I've actually never been, but I think I would love is Iceland. Like like Reykjavik. Oh Iceland. yeah. Like Iceland. Everything Absolutely. everything I've seen about Iceland is just beautiful. Yes. Um, I promise you I did not spell Reykjavik right, but... Oh, that's fine. I, at least I know. <laughs> and then, to be a little sappy, probably a house in uh, in Canton, North Carolina. It's where my family's from. Okay, wonderful. All right, um, next category. Three skills that you maybe are slightly lacking in right now, or you would just like to improve upon that we can kind of download into your... Um, your brain matrix style like you wake up and you're amazing at, at three things oh i wish i could sing i can't i wish i could sing i like to think i can't i can't in the slightest bit um <laughs> i like i like to think i can i absolutely cannot yeah. <laughs> um let's see another skill that i would like to have uh i wish i could dance like that would be cool too. I'm I'm ask Me my too. wife. Like I got two left feet and that's not happening. Uh-huh. So I got like the old white man swing. You know that's all I got. <laughs> I wish I had more than that, but that's all I got. Uh, a third skill. Boy, I don't know. That's tough. Uh, would be some like elite level coaching. I I love coaching. So if I could, if I had the ability to just be like a profound coach. Which I know oh, maybe great. isn't a skill, but like I think that would no, be No, no, that makes sense to me for sure. Yeah. Okay, I okay, I this is I'm excited about and I hope that this is exciting to you too. Three musicians, bands, living or dead, still together, broken up, whatever. Um and it doesn't have to mean like, oh, they're putting a new de- album together now. Mm-hmm. This is sort of like f- suspended in time. Time is not a not an issue. Um so three musicians that you can design the cover art and like all the art around their album whether it's a pre-existing album that is real or one that has never happened that you get to design the the cover art for oh boy i i so the first one's pretty easy for me and it's not even so much that that it's the art it's just somebody i would i warren g like i love warren g warren g is awesome one of my biggest influences musically i i mean that's literally the first album i ever owned was a warren g album 
I was way too young love to it. have it, but I had a Warren uh-huh. G album. <laughs> okay, great. I love it. Uh, then past that, you, I like some of like the weird like like metal bands because the metal like covers are just so like epic. So I actually met Randy Bly of Lamb of God. So I would say like the Lamb of God cover would be awesome. He's also Great. really big into activism and true crime. Like I actually met him through Damien Eccles. Like oh cool yeah, love that. Let's see. And then what's number oh yeah, three. three. I got to come up with a third one. Shoot, I was not. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh boy. Let's say somebody that my kids are into right now, which would be the score. Okay. I've been uh, sitting on this category because I feel always guilty when I do it because all due respect and love to Michelle, I do need three romantic interests um, in this alternate universe for you. Um, Living or dead, fic- fact or fiction, fact or fiction. cartoon or real, <laughs> video game or uh, pencil drawing. So let's go with probably like one of my first crushes, which was Jennifer Conley. Yeah. Like from Labyrinth, like everything Jennifer yes. Connelly's done, I've loved, but like that was the yeah. beginning right there. Absolutely. We'll say Isla Fisher. Great. I, I love her. Like she's, she's hilarious. She's adorable. She's clearly got a good sense of humor because of who she's married to. So like I know that like it's, that would be fun. And then just Definitely. straight to be like a creepy old man, like Selma Hayek. Like she's gorgeous. <laughs> That's not creepy. She's also very funny and wonderful. No, she is. She is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's phenomenal. Okay. Um. All right. Final category. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to have to go with this, even though... I mean, cause, only because I, I feel confident that you have at least three answers. Um, so I don't think I'm throwing you uh, too much of a curveball here. But let's do three mysteries or sort of unresolved issues that you can like help solve and obviously damien is a the thing that made me think of this so yeah. you are 100 percent entitled and expected to put that on the that's list. that is easily the the top and foremost is the west memphis three case um I, i've been yes. around that case for a long time i got involved in that case uh in in the early 2000s and been around that case for a long time i've, I've been fortunate enough to become friends with damien eccles and jason baldwin and and that's 100 percent where I, that's if I could pick three, that would be all three, to be honest. Yeah. Like, that's the case I want solved. Um, I would love to, you know, up up until recently, I really wanted the Delphi case to be solved. I still want it to be solved. I guess that's not the right way to say that. But it seems like we have a pretty good suspect in line where that was a big mystery for a long time. So the Delphi murders was one that I would like to have some conclusion to. And then how about just like a random one? Like, I'd, I'd really like some Bigfoot answers. Oh, great. I wasn't I thought you would maybe say Delphi again, just because we're friends. And, and mm-hmm. I, so I know what you're passionate about. But I was I was secretly wondering if the third would or would not be the JFK thing because I know your grandpa. Oh, really yeah. So I mean, the JFK is uh, so I thought about the JFK one, because it's a more serious one, but I wanted to have a little fun. So I think the big I love that like, you want to know about like Bigfoot. Bigfoot. I personally am. De- yeah. I feel like the JFK thing has been solved already. So I'm 1000% <laughs> behind Bigfoot. Uh, okay great all right um give me a word that um helps describe the feeling you have when you are really happy with like a a, a tattoo a tat that you've done uh, a word that describes oh boy um 
I, I would have to say love. I mean, like when when there's something when I've done one, like there's this like immense feeling of just like pride and love inside. Like this is something I created. Like it's a baby. Yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Um, I am going to take a, a, a just a tiny bit of time here to come up with your 100% guaranteed mash future. Okay. Um, this is the t- part where uh, I ask people to vamp a little bit and okay. and. Uh, pimp themselves out and talk about where they can be found okay. and what they should know about and and all of that good stuff. Oh, I can do that. So anybody wants to find me, you can find me on Instagram, Z to the Q, Z-T-O-T-H-E-Q. Uh, I spell my name Z-A-Q, so that's Z to the Q. I don't do Twitter. I can't stand Twitter. I can't stand the, any of that. I mean, you could find me on a lot of other social media, but Instagram is the big one that I'm at. Um, we're pretending we're pretending to do comedy, so I got a, we got a lot of like ever-evolving dates in the midwest of comedy shows that we're doing um we'll be at obsessed fest in october october 20th 21st and 22nd in dallas texas i'll be there you can find me there um i'll be the guy that looks like bob ruff that's not bob ruff that everybody kind of assumes (laughs) is you guys don't Um, look that much alike i know we don't but people still confuse us I, i one time got confused for him with a guy by a guy holding a picture of him so that is a true story Um, you can also find corrected. all my work at Conception Gallery um, in downtown St. Joseph, Michigan, which is a beautiful town. You ever come through, stop by and see me. Wonderful. Wow, that timed out absolutely perfectly because I do have all of the answers for you, my friend. Um, okay, so first I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid. You did get a shack. You do not have a mansion, apartment, or a house. You know it's what? A shack. That's, that's fine. Especially... When I tell you that it is in Firenze, Florence, you know Italy. What? Perfect. What do you need? What you're going to be out and about in Florence? What do you yeah. need? Some giant palazzo? You're 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 going to be out and just enjoying. And a shack just means it's small. So yeah. from my from my perspective, okay. So that's happening. That sort of helps. Um, tie in this idea of this amazing uh, artistic collaboration that you get to do with Salvador Dali. One assumes that time has been suspended and you are able to commune with him and uh, and you guys uh, are working on something together, which is extremely exciting. And it also explains why, um, even though you can have it here at the snap of your fingers as well and it magically appears, if you want to have Carbonara at Dino and Tony's and she just scoot up to Rome real quick uh know that you can have that there or at your discretion wherever whenever right. I like that it. beautiful Dino and Tony's carbonara and if you want to hear them argue great if you don't not the mood oh, for yeah. it you could just have the carbonara uh you are um also a fantastic coach so okay. you are using those skills um whenever and however you see fit but somehow you've also had time to design cover art for Lamb of God, All right. which is pretty badass. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see that. Uh, I don't know why you need a break from any of this, but when you do, or if you do, or if you just want to get away and do something different, you can also get in right into White Men Can't Jump, yes. which is a very fun, very different Love world it. than either your shack in uh, Italy or your real life in Michigan. Also, I'm going to um, interrupt you for two seconds before to, to ruin your story. It's the old White Men Can Jump. I do not want to go in the new one. So let's make sure that's for sure. Yes. Oh, for sure. I definitely knew you were not talking yes. about. Uh, definitely, definitely knew that you weren't talking about that. So, yeah. But thanks for clarific- <laughs> clarification on that. It does seem important. Um, and that leaves us with your uh, your fire hot romance with Jennifer Connelly. Yes. Which I have to say is my, well, is it my favorite? I love Selma too. And I like Isla, but 
I'm very excited that you got Jennifer, especially because you don't get to jump into the labyrinth. So I'm I'm excited that you get (laughs) Jennifer. Um, And then uh, uh, also something that I think really is headed for resolution um, and is very close to your heart. uh, West Memphis 3 is finally resolved to its completion, including total and complete innocence for those who had nothing to do with it and uh, justice for the perpetrator who to this point has not had any. So um, I'm very satisfied with that. Yeah, yeah very, very too. satisfying. Sorry, sorry, Bigfoot, but um, very satisfied. Mm-hmm. And um, Man, I could almost cry at, at the idea of like that being solved. Just you saying that. I right? know, I know, I yeah. know. It's a, it's, it's a big one. Um, well, onward, onward with that. There's actual, you know, movement happening and mm-hmm. man, that's, I know you've had like a, fr- a front row seat at how insane the justice system yeah. is, especially in certain communities. But um, my dear friend, this has been so much fun. So I cannot believe fun. how fast that hour flew by. It really did. I leave you. I leave you with the option of singing a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Ooh. Or <laughs> Ooh, we know that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Do you know any of the lyrics? Do you want to talk sing any I, of the lyrics? I, I, you don't honestly, even need I, to. You don't need to. I don't. I don't know. I honestly, I know the song, but I couldn't tell you any of the lyrics. So, yeah. So we're just gonna sense. we'll pretend like I did a good job, and we'll go from there. It's a let's not and say we did. Exactly. So everyone, take a moment, pause. I want you to insert your own rendition of what you imagine Zach would sound like if he was doing yes. it. And now you're back. You've listened to it in your own head. And, and I'm wasn't sorry. It phenomenal. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> so so sorry. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thank you for being my boy of summer. And everybody else, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye, guys. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should Move someplace new And build time machines To go and get us Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.